0: What's up, people? Welcome, everybody, to Beef's Beef, the first ever episode. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about a number of topics, from Duke, Michigan State, to Kentucky, Kansas, to uh, a little bit of beef that I have. Uh, with me today on my first episode is one of my lifetime friends, Michael Cooper, to the show, Cooper.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. Uh,
0: so, a little bit of background behind myself, uh, from Louisville, Kentucky, born and raised in the area, living live in the area my whole life same thing with cooper he was born in southern indiana big time sports fans and you know have a have a have a lot of people that have been telling me for a long time that i need to do something like this so here i am uh, again we're gonna this is the first time bear with us we're gonna do our best uh, but we we will get better in the future uh first thing we're going to talk about is the duke michigan state game um uh, Cooper, I'll start out with with asking you this. It, it was a close game for most of the game. Uh, Marvin Bagley gets hurt 10 minutes into the game. Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe maybe that has something to do with the closeness of the game with how much how many minutes the starters are having to play? I mean, you have, if you look here, you have Grace now playing 40 minutes.
1: Yeah. Well, I I mean just to just to set the bar somewhere for this game. Obviously, we're at the beginning of the season and uh, megley's also uh a freshman so so there's some newness there that i know they had a he had a good start for the first couple of games but you know it's you know it's duke versus you know a david type team david and goliath type team so so some of these variables are kind of hard to talk about you know just because we don't have a big track record yet through the season but but i tell you i think it's mostly you know i hate to say this kind of thing but you look at the box score and it and it kind of tells the story and um I mean I know it's obvious that Grayson Allen probably put in more minutes because Bagley was out and you know, they're having to compensate there a little bit. At least you would you would think so as Coach K I mean who who plays forty minutes this early yeah. in the season. Yeah, but obviously there was some you know, a little bit of urgency maybe there. But um but I don't know. There's just some un Michigan State like things here. Um I know we kinda talked about it earlier, you know, prepping for this a little bit, but uh High turnovers and, you know, Izzo's super high on rebounds. And, I mean, they they were minus 12 on rebounds. Yeah, and... that's a, that is
0: one thing we actually didn't bring up. I mean, look at just the offensive rebounds. You see Bagley only plays 10 minutes. They get out, rebounded on the offensive end 25 to 11. Right. That, that's, that's a crazy stat. I mean, you take a look at turnovers and offensive rebounds, that's the game. Yeah. That's legitimately the game because free throws, yeah, they shot – Eleven more free throws in Michigan State. Nineteen of twenty-nine for Duke. Ten of eighteen for Michigan State. They they really, it, threes even. I mean, they shot eleven eleven more eleven better percentage than Duke did from the field.
1: Right. Yeah, that's a good point. So I mean, something something I kind of think about here is so Michigan State shot fifty percent. Yeah. Uh, Michigan State's not notoriously known as a good shooting team. So the length of Begley in there coming in would that would that hurt things a little bit more? For sure. For also, sure. you got to think Grayson Allen's putting up more shots. They're probably going to be more of a perimeter, more of a perimeter team. So there is going to be a greater likelihood for long rebounds. So at when do those offset each other? Um, I would seem to think Grayson Allen would force things a little bit more, but when you go eleven for twenty. Uh, thirty-seven points. Seven I'm not sure. Three point line it, yeah, I, I'm not sure. Force is the right word there. So, yeah. I mean, but a, you also think. What do you think? If Bagley's in there, you know, uh, aren't you still going to ride the guy while he's hot? I'm I mean, still giving you, the ball to you, Allen. I mean,
0: you almost wonder whether if Bagley's in there, if he scores even better because now you have that big presence in right. the middle, opens up more things for him on the outside. I mean, uh, Carter, Carter Junior, twelve and twelve. Three of nine from the field. If you look at everybody else, really, no one else really shot that great. Duvall seven of twenty. Gary Trent Jr. three of fourteen. I mean, Gary Trent Jr. coming into the season, yeah, he's a freshman, but if you look at every major pundit, they're talking about how good of a scorer Gary Trent Jr. is. Yes, this is one game, and maybe it's because he's matched up with with uh bridges. You know, he's yeah. he's, he's guarding bridges. That's a lot of that's a lot of energy to use on the defensive end. So I mean, there are a lot of things that go into it, but I, this game really interested me a lot because I honestly didn't give Michigan State and before the game came, I didn't give Michigan State a chance to even be in this game, especially mm-hmm. if you had Bagley in the game, which I think is the biggest thing that we need to touch on, and we I, I think we're I think we're covering it mostly. You, you just have to wonder how much better these other guys would have shot if they had that, because now you're like, okay, we don't have. The seven footer Bagley in the middle that we have to right we have
1: to guard. It's definitely going to change things. Yeah. However, um, so I mean it's it's a it's a Duke based question obviously, but let's talk about Michigan State here for a minute. So, so they did they were minus twelve on rebounding. Uh, generally speaking, I don't care what kind of squad you've got if Izzo's on your bench. You're not going to lose the rebounding by that much margin. You're, I mean, it's surprising if they're minus five in rebounding. So, I would say that would be maybe a one-game anomaly. I know Bagley was out, and you'd say, it, but even you know they're going to have more height and you know more length in there. How are you going to say that? But but Michigan State they don't lose rebounding battles. And not
0: only that, with Izzo on your bench, you also have to say he's one of the best defensive coaches. You give up eighty-eight Agreed. points against. Agreed. I mean, granted, that is a great offensive team, but you're missing one of your biggest offensive weapons, and to give up, especially early, because if you think about every team, I mean, and I mean, not to jump ahead, but if you look at the Kansas-Kentucky game, there's a lot of good offensive players there, right? But defense normally wins out at the beginning of the season because well, it's you're not polished. Yeah, you're not. You're not polished yeah. on the offensive end and learning the offense. So that is that's another thing that jumped out to me because like you said with rebounding you don't you got Tom Izzo on your bench his biggest things are defen- defense and rebound. Yeah. And 88 points giving up, you know, third given up uh 37 to one player, that just that doesn't happen as a mission team. And it it is it. I mean, is this crazy to say? <laughs> is it is it time to worry because there was a lot of times when you watch this game where it was all right, I'm Miles Bridges. I'm just gonna shoot the ball every time I get it. True. And and didn't that that was one thing that kinda of worried me about it and again you have Izzo on your bench like you said, so that's something that he's probably gonna get out of there. Right. But,
1: well let's talk a little bit. We've we've got some correctables. I uh, you know, I, I think, you know, as you're referencing in the beginning of the season, I don't look at losing a rebound margin towards the beginning of the season. Yeah. Uh, you, you, they they say, you know, just like defense, rebounds is about will. You got to want it more than the other guy. But early in the season, lack of focus, uh, lack of being polished, lack of games and minutes, it affects every aspect of the game. It sure. it affects yeah. the ball movement, how you're working. It just affects everything. And I think that also affects rebounding as well. I think just being Tom Izzo Michigan State, that's going to get cleaned up. Yep. They're gonna they're gonna have a heck of a season if they're gonna be losing the rebound margin like that. However, skipping a little bit ahead, I know we both agree it's a little bit like Duke's one and two through I don't know two through five at yeah. least that it, it's, it's, it's kind really, of a pick 'em. Yeah. However, on that side, you know you play you played a close game with Duke.
0: Neutral floor. And I'm sorry,
1: they could have been. They could have been ranked fifth to me. I yeah. mean, it really is a pick pick 'em. You know, two it, through five. That,
0: that's another thing that we were actually talking about when we were prepping. Uh, it's a neutral floor, so I mean, Duke. Duke normally has more fans than anyone anywhere. True, they travel well, but this is definitely this. Is, that's what's good about this championship classic. Is This helps you not only because you're playing one of the top five, top ten teams normally, Mm -hmm. but you're also playing on a neutral floor, which gets you mentally ready because you're normally playing in a bigger arena. I mean, this is played in the United Center. yeah. So you're getting used to it to get used to it for March. Yeah, it's a good measuring stick. For sure.
1: And then the one other thing I was just going to point out real quick. uh, Starters, Ward, Jackson Jr. and Bridges. 19 points apiece. When you're spreading, when you're spreading the love around like that a little bit, and even Lankford would nine. I mean, yeah, that's, it's that's, true. That's I crazy. mean, it is great. You know, props to Allen, which might be the last time I give him props for a long time. But <laughs> yeah, no yeah, tripping over. Yeah, you. thirty-seven points is a lot, but I mean, we, we ain't spreading the love around as much as three people at nineteen, and then almost a fourth in double figures. Um, that, that, is, that is a positive note for Michigan State. So, I personally think there is some hope for them. I, I don't think their 50% field goal shooting, obviously, is going to be indicative of how good they are at shooting. Yeah. That's going to drop. But I, I don't look at their turnovers. They lost that 9-17. to And their rebounds, they were minus 12. I don't see those to be a pattern going forward.
0: I mean, it is, it is kind of funny because the main things that you always talk about or you hear coaches talk about are big things in games. Stats at the end of games will show you that, like you said, rebounding, the turnover battle. The only one that really did, it gets harped on a lot that really didn't have that much of a, a of a bearing on it was the free throws. Yeah, the free throws. Yeah, but I mean, if you move their percentage, it was sixty five and 50, 55. So yeah, I mean, I guess it had some bearing on it because they hit nine more, but they also took eleven more. So, right. The steals. I mean, steals twelve to one. I mean, that goes back to the turnovers. Right. There's, there's a lot of things in this game that 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 kind of stand out, and you wonder, is this just first game jitters for True. some players?
1: And you know, something, let me jump in there real quick. If uh, you think about it, Bagley goes out, you know, we're, we're talking about, I mean, at least circa three games ago, we're talking about probably the number one draft pick, right? Yeah. So, at what point are, are we going, not necessarily a lot more small ball, because it's just one guy's difference, but is our scheme changing a little bit are are we running a lot more through cuts to get people open for longer shots did something change on the scouting report a little bit to where we're we're changing our game plan from inside out to you know you know, more dribble drives and well, kicks. You're maybe
0: thinking throwing back to five and running four guards.
1: Yeah, is there something there? Because, you know, I mean these steals, generally speaking, you're throwing a big man in there that we're gonna focus more of our offense on. He's gonna be a part of the defense. We're gonna have less steals. We're gonna yeah. have less defensive stops. We're gonna have more blocks and stuff. But um so I don't know. There's something to be said there. It'd be interesting. I, I don't think the coaches I don't think that was a question they would answer in post game. Yeah. I don't think there was a real question there.
0: The the other game that was played Tuesday night was Kentucky and Kansas, number seven and number four. Kansas with a uh, squeaked out a, a four point win. Started out uh, started out. I really thought Kentucky was going to get blown out of the gym. It started it started out really bad. And before the game, you have uh, you have Bill Self suspending. Uh, uh, you have him suspending Billy Preston, Billy Preston for, right. for the accident in a, a one-car accident, which is very fishy. We can touch on that later. Very, very fishy. Yeah, uh, or should we added, say Jay to Happen a lot with Kansas. <laughs> it seems to happen a lot Amen. with Kansas, and a lot of stuff is never happening there. Uh, but a one-car accident suspending him—you you, kind of wonder because if you look at the stats here, they only played seven players, and one of those players coming off the bench played six minutes.
1: Yeah, they they were they were six man pony here. Yeah, I mean
0: the other one played nineteen, which is still a good amount. But I mean, there's a there's a lot of things that this game to me is more of an up in the air for both teams than it is for me just wondering about what kind of team Michigan State's going to be because you have that you you're missing a a very dynamic piece in the middle. He hasn't played this year, but just from what you're seeing in the rankings and everything. You think okay, Billy Preston's game's going to going to, going to translate well to the college? Game. Sure. So I mean, just doing that. I mean, you look at rebounds, thirty-nine to thirty-nine. Uh, turnovers, eighteen to eleven. Kentucky with eighteen, Kansas mm-hmm. with eleven. Yeah. Steals, you had twelve steals for Kansas. There. Let's see here. Field or free throws, twelve of eighteen for Kentucky, nine of sixteen for Kansas, but. Three-point shots, 28 threes taken by Kansas. Yeah. That, that's that's a lot. I mean, that's definitely why their field goal percentage was 35%. Um, especially
1: especially when I, I don't have the graph in front of me, but, the, the you know, the point-to-point graph through the game. It, I think they led, generally speaking, by a little bit most of the game. At what point do you draw back on these threes? I mean, 8 for 28? I, I, I mean... I mean, if you go 7 for 27, at what point in your mind does it click, hey, I should probably shoot another 3? I mean, yeah. there was no real desperation offense from Kansas. So, um, I, I don't know. That's something that jumped out to me. But I, I think I think the first thing for Kansas, yes, they got the win. But, uh, oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, so it was pretty close. I mean, the all the second half, it was pretty close the whole way. So, I, I just... I don't know. And, and that could be, you know, again, what we were talking about. You're not polished. It's early in the season. You know, that, that affects, you know, shot sh- shot shooting, decision making, that sort of stuff. So I see that. But I think the first thing that comes out to me, not to go on the negative side for Kings, because obviously they won. So any win at this point in the season, yeah. especially, especially against a top 10 team, is good. But, I mean, okay, you're down one guy. Yeah, that's a big hit, but you're only playing two other guys. Yeah. I, I mean, foul trouble. The season's long. <laughs> yeah,
0: that just injuries. Not only on top. of Yeah, the right.
1: Yeah. I mean, how sustainable is that? I, and I don't, I don't follow, KU as much as some. I guess, but I, I mean, that's something I'm looking at right off the bat. Why, why are you only playing seven, seven people? We not got any walk-ons, so it should be getting. Some kind of foul minutes here, or yeah, for sure.
0: I mean, you got to You have to get players like, like Graham and Newman and Vic. I mean, Graham played 39 thirty nine minutes.
1: Well, all the starters are over thirty. Thirty two is the yeah. lowest. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Maybe again, you know, th- this is you know, this is the top echelon of games going on, so. You know, like we were saying with the Grayson Allen, maybe there's some urgency there, you know, to really see where you stack up early yeah. in the season. And, and, you know, these are these are great coaches. So, um, and,
0: and you always hear some of the guys like Calipari. Calipari always says he doesn't – you can only play five players at a time. I, I agree with that to an extent because, to me, I mean, I think back to the 2013 Louisville team. Now obviously, I'm a Louisville fan. So mm-hmm. that Louisville <clears throat> team played nine, ten players. Sometimes eleven, and you didn't. So a lot of times you didn't miss a beat from that player. So I don't. In some aspects, like could you take in the twenty twelve team for Kentucky, they didn't play that many players, and they won the title. So in some aspects, yeah, I agree with it. But with this Kansas team, I mean, I guess when you get when you get Preston back, you're playing eight, but. Lightfoot only played six minutes. It's true. Where's those minutes? That just means, that tells me that these two guys are going to play even less minutes.
1: And look at the production. Out of Lightfoot and Garrett, we've got a total of 25 minutes, went one for four, with three rebounds, one assist, three fouls, and three points. Yeah. I, I mean, I get, I get, you can only play five players at a time, but, but I mean, if you're going to have this production out of your bench, you've only got five players. Exactly, exactly, so. and.
0: I'm uh, maybe, that, maybe that's telling. Maybe, you know, we see those stats here just on the stat sheet. Maybe that's what self-season practice every day. I mean, it's, it is tough to say because, like you said, we don't follow Kansas. We're just going off of what we see here and what we see in the game. And we can only go off of a 40-minute game. We don't see practice every day. We don't do that with anything. But I, that, that, to me, jumped off the page when I saw that they played seven players and the two coming off the bench played 19 and six. That's – I mean – I want. I want to go to Kentucky. Uh, we have. I mean, we have Knox with twenty points, three of six from the three point line. Uh, they did talk during the game that when he got to Kentucky, that one of the assistants brought when they brought him in, they showed him video of Kevin Durant. Kevin Knox is a six nine power or mm-hmm. small forward. That's what they want him to emulate. Like, uh, definitely not as an athletic freak as Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant may be well, the is, most. Yeah. Athletic freak that we maybe we've ever seen outside of, you know, uh, onto the Kumo. Uh, yeah, great that, freak. That guy. Yeah, a, yeah. that guy's unbelievable. I mean, you throw LeBron in there, but the the two guys, Kevin Durant, and right? Well, almost, the body makeup is more yeah.
1: similar here. LeBron is quite physically imposing. Yes.
0: But I mean, as a freshman, your first big time challenge, you're throwing 37 minutes in there, eight of 13 from the field. You got to think, jumping from a 32 minute game to a 40 minute game. It may not seem that much, but not only are you doing that, the court's bigger. You're playing against players that are more like you, more more your caliber. He throws in 37, 37 minutes, 8 of 13 from the field, 3 of 6 from the three-point line, of 7 rebounds and 20 points. That's a solid output against a top-five team in his first big challenge. Well,
1: yeah, and, and let's be honest. Just out of the two games, I, I mean, we're talking four top-ten teams. It's probably the best stat sheet. Under Grayson Allen, I mean, yeah,
0: uh, I would have to agree there. I
1: mean, and, and seven, seven rebounds. He didn't have any assists, but obviously, is more of a scoring capacity right now. It's probably the second best. I mean, we've got some nineteen points and some good rebounds out of some of the Michigan State guys, but impressive wise for how young he is, just fresh. What we're seeing right now, it's it's a good it's a good stat sheet.
0: And the, the other thing that is a big thing that, that, that stands out for me with Kentucky, their turnovers, what was it, 18 that we had? Yeah, 18 turnovers in mm-hmm. Kentucky. You're playing one one true point guard in Quad A green. You have two players that are hurt. One is Jared Vanderbilt, who is another off guard that can help them shoot. the Right. Ball. Uh, but you also have Jamaro Baker, who's another ball handler and can shoot the ball. So you ha- during the game, you're playing Gilgis. Mm-hmm. Gildas Alexander at the point guard, who is not a, a point guard. He's just not. He's more of a off guard, going to shoot the ball, going to try to get to the rim and score. He's right. not looking to get other people involved. That That is another thing that is like, well, I mean, th- yeah, they, they keep talking about how young this Kentucky team is. That impressed me a lot because you have one true point guard. Mm-hmm. You lose by four points in a neutral side game against a top five team. That's That was very impressive. Green didn't shoot the ball well. He shot two of seven, had six points, and only two assists. So, I mean, you kind of wonder what, what maybe Baker would have brought if he played.
1: Yeah, it's true. I, I think, uh, like I was saying, I, I still stand by my fact, you know, that kind of out, outside of Duke, you know, we've got a lot of top ten teams here. But any given night, I don't exactly know where they would be, two through ten. Um, but, uh they've got something to grow on i've been hearing a lot of the media i know we talked about this a little bit earlier before we started but uh, a lot of people saying how young they are but you know i don't know how much i mean if if you're starting six freshmen versus, or you know if you got six freshmen versus seven freshmen and they're the only people playing i mean it's kind of it's kind of the same bag i mean bagley's young but they didn't really talk about i mean he's just a freshman in college so i i don't I don't exactly know where that gets there. I mean, obviously, Calipari's always talking about the youth thing, a little bit, you know, his mantra. But also, you know, the media keeps him piped up on that. You know, these kids sure, are just from high he's school. All, so. He's always
0: got the number one recruiting right or number two. So there's
1: that, there. but but I mean, I mean that that's his forte. You know, he's always having freshmen. And So the youngest, the youngest freshman compared to you know a couple years ago's freshman, I, th- I think it might speak a little bit to. Uh, and it's not really a diss on any of these guys, but more of the oh, you know, the the wealth of maturity that some of these freshmen have had coming in. Maybe not emotionally, but you know, just how developed they are. You know, Ooh. you have a boogie come in, and I mean, it looks like you know, child It looks like, yeah. I, I mean, that sort of thing. So maybe that's where they're coming from with this. But I don't know. That's something I would always be. It, it always seems like Cal is the one to talk about the youth. I don't know why the media's on it so much he, 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 younger. He, so
0: he's like, I'm going to bring it up before anybody else brings it up so I can kind of get it out there.
1: Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I'd like to think. I don't know if like is the right word. But <laughs> he's a little more calculated than people think. I know I know he comes across as this, I've heard, like, used car salesman kind of thing. But he's pretty calculated when he talks.
0: I, mean, I think that despite what they want to say, he and Patino are a lot of like with that used car salesman thing. There's... I mean, you think back to Patino having teams coming in playing. It could be San Diego State. Well, this is the greatest shooting team I've ever seen in college basketball. Things like that, and I think that that's something that Calipari has picked up from Patino. Yeah, uh,
1: and I don't know. I didn't get to listen to his post-game at all. Uh, some of these games, you know, these, these heavily televised games. They start so late. But um,
0: Well, going back to talking about how young it is and, and referencing what uh-huh. you're saying, four of the – Four of the players that played with Grayson Allen are all freshmen, including true, Bagley. True, and then you have—I mean, you have players like Deloriere, who is a sophomore, but Deloriere didn't really play that much last year. Right. Uh, you have O'Connell. I mean, he only played two minutes, but I've heard—I've heard different things about how people think that he can do some things. Uh, and
1: and but... you don't—you don't hear the age conversation as much I'm not saying it's it's a thing against Calipari you just don't hear it as much I mean obviously you've got Duke and UK battling for a number one recruiting class but you don't hear so much about the youth uh, just as an overall narrative from Duke but yeah when you look at it that way as well it's it's quite impressive
0: because I mean you have Grayson Allen who's a senior you have Delorier who's a sophomore Goldwire who's a freshman Right. Bolden who who we were talking earlier I think he he's trying to get over strep throat so that's why he maybe only got 9 minutes because you to me I figure hey Bolden got a lot of minutes last year as a freshman. Yes. Why is he not why is he not the one taking over the reins when Bagley cuz Bagley's going to go any, Bagley's going to go anywhere and start. It doesn't matter unless you have somebody like an Anthony Davis already there. Bagley's going to start anywhere he goes. So to say that Bolden's going to start over him no I'm not going to say that but you think that Bagley would get the or Bolden would get the bulk of the minutes once Bagley goes down.
1: Right. Yeah, a little a little bit of question marks on the bench bench minutes there, but I really but almost again.
0: feel like that's with all four of these teams. That maybe there's a little bit maybe as crazy as it sounds, maybe the least amount of question marks would be Kentucky.
1: Well I guess well you, you look there's a lot of minutes going around um, you know, we've got two two off the bench going for plus 20 minutes, but we don't have a lot of production from them.
0: Outside of Kalia Jones, <clears throat> yeah, I agree with you. Kalia Jones had eight and nine and 23 minutes. Yes, that's, that's he a solid did.
1: One. But other than that, we got three points and, you know, zero rebounds, zero points for Winyard yeah. or however you say his name. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, that sort of thing going on. We don't have a lot of production there, um, but there's a lot of minutes going around, so... Yeah. I don't know, I think you you have that with these UK teams so, though because they so have we, so many recruits. you gotta give everybody minutes and see what's gonna happen and see yeah. so, see who comes to the cream of the crop and you know the guys that are gonna fill in more as from a bench and supporting role.
0: So so we see these four teams. we see you know two games, Kansas and Kentucky, Duke, Michigan State. We both agree. Duke looked phenomenal. I mean, they, they looked really, really good. You're missing arguably your best player for 75% right, of right. the game, and you still beat a top-five team. Uh, outside of Duke, I mean, who who is somebody that maybe you think could give them, give them a run? Uh, you know, something like this, a, a team that, that, that you like maybe going in, into the season that maybe some people haven't even seen or – or a team that you're kind of interested in that you would like to see more?
1: I tell you, the the team that jumps off the list to me, um, the first team that would jump off the list would be MSU, Michigan State University, yeah. because of their style of play, the grit that the coach gives. But we kind of know what we've, we're dealing with there. We yeah. just got that through the test too. But, but I, I haven't got to watch any this year, but Wichita State. Wichita State is an up-and-coming team, and I mean up-and-coming as in I mean, they're they preseason top ten now. That's a little bit different than what they've been. Which crazy to think
0: about because you think about pre twenty thirteen, they had a couple decent runs here and there, but twenty thirteen and twenty like twenty yeah twenty thirteen is really what kind of springboarded them because you yep. think about the next year they went undefeated, lost to Kentucky and what the Elite Eight. Yeah, yeah, lost that's right. Lost to Kentucky right. in the Elite Eight. So I mean, they you got to kind of wonder not to not to take over, but you got to kind of wonder outside of just who's going to do that. You're going to have a lot of openings coach-wise I mean one of them is Louisville that's true is is Greg Marshall someone that people think they could yank out of Wichita State is he as he dug his feet in is this a career thing I hear you
1: you know just I'm an IU fan from where I was coming from I'm thrilled with Archie Miller I think I think it's I think it's great I think he's gonna do good start but I think that's for sure
0: happen with 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 the youngness that you guys have
1: agreed especially changing coaching styles all that stuff but that's that's another day uh, one of my tops was Greg Marshall, and, um, I don't know if you know anything about the Koch brothers, um, they're basically Koch Industries, they're multi-billionaires, they're brothers that are, uh, politically tied in, I mean, we're talking, we're talking billions of money, and they, they keep Greg Marshall pretty comfortable from what I've heard, um, you know, private jet, all that kind of thing, and, and I've, I've heard he's, you know, showed a lack of interest for some of these jobs as they come up. So you know, you, you think don't think it's
0: maybe he's not going to leave at all, or he is looking for that one.
1: I would think IU is a top ten I school agree. to go to. It was a, probably a lot more earlier. I get that. I'm not going to get lost in those weeds right now. But, but you think if you've got everything you need financially backing, and you've um, you've made the Shockers something everybody knows. Now you're in the top 10. I don't know. That's kind of something to watch. It'll be interesting this year they got so much early notoriety to see if they can keep that because they're on everybody's radar where they were working their way up through the ranks. But they're the team that jumps off to me. He's, you know, Greg Marshall, I've done some reading on him. He's got that tough grit. He's got that Tom Izzo kind of grit to him, I, and I like that, that rubs off on your players. And And when you come out and hit a team in the mouth that's real polished, sometimes they step back and wonder if they've got it figured out. And that that's my team. That's my uh, team right my now. My
0: team, uh, which is going to be crazy for a lot of people to hear me say this, because I, I stay on the hate bandwagon for this team every year. I talk about how they're always ranked way too high, and they never do anything in March and to be honest with you in the past I've been pretty warranted outside of you know late 90s early 2000s but I'm going with Arizona I mean you have a guy that man might be one of the most physically gifted college players we've seen in a long time DeAndre Ayton 7 foot 1 250 43 and a half inch vertical that's that is unheard of it's (laughs) yeah I ain't heard it before yeah it's I mean you think about that I mean you you take his his art just let's just say his wingspan is seven one mm-hmm. most of the time it's not it's gonna be lighter. right right that's a good three and a half feet above his head at seven one he's already touching the rim mm-hmm so you add that 43 and a half inch vertical. He's dunking
1: Which take his height out of the game. I mean it could be Nate Robinson. That forty one, I mean, who's got forty yeah. one? Vince Carter was what, forty two, I think? Yeah, somewhere around there. I maybe. think but if you're over forty, you're you're with the big dogs. Yeah, you're getting up there. Yeah.
0: Forty three and a half inch vertical on a seven on a seven mm-hmm. one player. That's I mean, they have a lot they have a lot of returning players. Uh they return their point guard who's a senior. They, uh, I mean, they have they, they have a lot of key pieces back, uh, but you kind of kind of wonder though with with all this stuff going around with the FBI, is is something going to happen there to where True. their season's over before it even starts?
1: And if nothing else, focus. You know, there's that's a lot of a distraction, um, especially for especially for a coach. And I know coaches, you know, are the adults, the man among men that are trying to lead these. Yeah. Men in the right way, but uh, this is that's a whole different animal that's going on there. So you wonder if that could, you know, make people less sharp.
0: Yeah, I'm, for sure. I mean, because you definitely have to think. I mean, I'm I'm a fan. You're a fan. I, I mean, as a fan of Louisville, just that's on my mind, and I don't even play. Right. I I, I I buy tickets, but I don't play. So you have to think these players are thinking: Did I come here? And I'm not even gonna get to play in the time that I'm gonna get the most, you know, the most notoriety, the most time seen for scouts in in the NCAA tournament. You you gotta kind of wonder that. So maybe that does do something for them. But like I said, the, Arizona has a lot of key pieces back: Parker Jackson, Cartwright, Chase Jeter, uh, DeAndre Ayton is that is the one we were just uh, talking about. Alonzo Trier, Alonzo yeah. Trier is a fantastic player. Yeah.
1: they do have a good lineup. Now, let me throw something at you real quick. Okay. Uh, Arizona reminds me a little bit of of Duke in a way. Okay. Um, obviously not as accomplished, and even this year, I, I, you know, I think they, while they're only a couple, couple rankings behind, they've got a ways to go to get to Duke's level, but. But Arizona, much like Duke, seems like a team that it can really underachieve when it comes tournament time. I agree. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get those, I, I, I mean, I get, I get it, C.J. McCollum, I get that sort of thing, but it's still Lehigh, right? You know, yeah. that sort of thing. And they have a tendency sometimes to underachieve. So I do get where you're coming from in the past, and... I, and uh, you know, I, I get that you're saying maybe you know they might break that mold here lately. Um, but yeah, that's all. That'll be something interesting to watch. But yeah, they they are very stacked. And
0: now, throw a little spitball at you here. Mm-hmm. So I'm. I, I have mine. I think you see it on my phone. Who I'm going to take on mine? Mm-hmm. Is there any team on here that you think maybe is a sleeper that you could see that's you know outside of that top ten that maybe you think could make some noise? or somebody that has a player that you like, I, I'll be honest with you, I think you pretty much throw UCLA out of the top 25 now with those three players suspended. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, this was pre-stealing and everything, uh, but, I mean, you you got to see 22 last night in Seton Hall. I mean, what did you, I mean...
1: Um, well, no, I'm not going to say too much against my team, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, we're we're just... I U that is they're quite they're quite behind. I think it's a good win for Seton Hall because it's still Seaton Hall versus, yeah. you know, more of a blue blood. But um Yeah, I, I, I don't know how much of a big win that is for Seton Hall pat past the the name of the team. Um I, I didn't I I didn't see too much in Seton Hall. Yeah, tw- top twenty five that's that's pretty good yeah. for a Seton Hall. Uh one thing I haven't seen, uh I did watch West Virginia a little bit when they were over at the, know, the aircraft carrier. Yeah, thing. in yeah. Germany and uh and they were missing one of their key pieces. So they're always someone to watch again. Great be- defensive team. Because of that grit. Yeah. I, I mean that's yeah, another Tom Izzo kinda of like and you know and and you know, obviously, there's a lot of people against you know the pressing. But look at some of these teams, these coaches with grit that have their teams pressing a lot. You know, it can when when they get it efficient, it's very effective and it throws teams off. That,
0: that game that was against who, Texas A&M. Yeah, right? yeah. And they end up they end up pulling away pretty bad there at the end. But you, like you were saying, they were missing. One of their best players, which in a game like that is is definitely something to look at.
1: Right. So yeah, I, I'm not sure if I'm taking West Virginia. I, I might patsy out of this one a little bit, but uh, also something I was just looking at yesterday. Uh, my brother's a Purdue fan. I guess I guess he mentioned uh, they they have two they have uh, two or three players over seven foot tall. Wow. They have a seven three kid.
0: Louisville travels on the road there in a couple of weeks. That's it's in. It's in uh, was it West Lafayette? Yeah, yeah I think that's Lafayette. I
1: think just generally speaking, I know we're going off here, but that, that's a great that's a great game to schedule because Purdue's always decently good. It's short travel. Um, I, I like I like that. That kind is of something schedule. that I
0: love about being in the ACC now because I mean the Big East. I don't even remember what conference we paired with in it, but uh, I think it was the SEC actually. The Big East mm-hmm. yeah, SEC because yeah, we played Vanderbilt, we played teams like that. But I love the ACC Big Ten Challenge because. A lot, like Michigan State. We played Michigan State in four. We played Purdue last year. We are playing Purdue again this year. You have great teams at the top of both conferences, and it's always great, to, just like the Champions Classic, to see good teams play yeah. early.
1: It seems like the conferences kind of have some parallel teams and yes. competition levels down the line, top to bottom a little bit. Yeah, I agree with you. I enjoy that.
0: So my team that I'm going to take, uh, like I said, you've probably seen on my phone here, Xavier. I think Xavier has a lot returning. With uh, Trayvon Blewitt, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to see him play at all early this year. I
1: seen him when he was a pup.
0: Yeah, Trayvon Blewett can play. I mean, also I'm kind of biased. I have a good buddy that Coach Quentin Gooden out of Taylor County, but he is solid. Understood. Uh, they have they have three really good freshmen. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Najee Marshall is one of them. Najee. Uh, I mean they they have a they have a lot of talent and they have a great coach in Chris Mack who is who is definitely somebody that that can get you to where you want to go in March and get you to where you want to go all the time. So, uh, Xavier is a big one for me. So, one thing that I always want to do at the end of every episode, it's also the title of the podcast, is something called Beef's Beef. So, basically what I'm going to do is every week, I'm going to have something that I kind of have a beef with. Uh, If you guys want to come on and and take the other side of this sometime, and and this is with anything. This isn't just this certain thing. If you guys ever want to come on here and talk about a certain thing, and and this this is for everybody. This is not just set on sports either. If you guys want to talk about pretty much anything, I did say I want to kind of keep it away from politics and social issues like we were Mm -hmm, talking about earlier. I mean, sometimes you're going to have to touch tidbits of that, but my I'm, I'm, I'm going to go into my, my beef's beef. I've had a, a pretty big discussion on Facebook about this with some people. A lot of people disagree with me. Some people agreed with me. So my, my beef this episode is Lamar Jackson not being the leader for the Heisman. I'm going to start out by reading what the actual award says the person is supposed to be. It says, Outstanding performance, which best exhibits the pursuit of integrity, Winners epitomize great ability combined with diligence, perseverance, and hard work. Not one time in there does it ever say your team should be one of the top ten teams in the nation. It, it, it doesn't. Not, not anywhere in there does it say can't lose to Boston College and Wake Forest. Lamar, at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson doesn't play defense for Louisville. Lamar Jackson plays offense for Louisville. If you go back and look at those games... I mean just just one thing that that a stat that I saw when it happened he's the only player in NCAA history to have 3000 passing and 1000 rushing in back-to-back seasons the only player <clears throat> You go to those games I mean you have to you have to credit drops I mean there's in the Boston College game we're driving down the field to win we lose we lose that game 45 to 42 you get the ball back. You're driving down the field. Hits one of our wide receivers in stride, Jalen Smith. Mm-hmm. Fumble. On their side of the 50. Minute 30 left. Get 15 yards. Boom. Timeout. Kick a field goal. Win the game. In Papa John's. Yet he's the one that is... I mean, he's the one that's getting bashed for. It. I the, guy, the guy's stats are almost identical to last season, which last season, everyone was talking about how unreal his season was.
1: Sure, sure. Not to get on your beef here any bit, but I feel like at least a little bit of devil's advocate, because okay. obviously everybody knows you're U of L fan, so just to say I've done my part, let me go back and read this a little okay. bit. And, and I've read the Facebook conversation... And uh, kudos for that. That's actually, there's a pretty good, healthy conversation going on there.
0: And and that's another thing. If you guys want to talk, debate anything, I mean, Cooper knows this. Our favorite players of all time, we hate each other's favorite players of all time. And we have healthy conversations all the time about it.
1: So, yeah, let me, uh, let me read this again. And I know it's how you started. So, just to recap here Outstanding performance, which best exhibits the pursuit of integrity, Winmer, winners epitomize great ability combined with diligence, perseverance, and hard work. So, what, what really the NCAA, NCAA here has done a little bit, this definition is almost more character based yeah. than player based. And, and I'm not knocking Lamar Jackson's character because we know he's got that. At, at least from everything we've really yeah, you seen. Never you know? thing about his character. Right. But uh, did anybody have a problem when Johnny Manziel won the Heisman? What kind of character are we talking about? And I'm not just going to get into bashing players because at the end of the day, it's all about winning. It's all about numbers. I get that. But at some level, there's a social aspect to a lot of these awards. Yeah. And and yes, Lamar Jackson is getting a little bit penalized for not being on a good team. Yeah. And I think when you come up with some of these definitions and you really get away from them as the metric, um, I just find it less, less surprising. Um, it's just not as much of a winning team. It doesn't yeah. happen that often. I think there's a part of human nature to that. Yes, his numbers would look a lot better if there was a lot more wins. Yeah, I I get that. So I I I see your beef, and um, just to play a little devil's advocate there, I you know there's there's this human nature thing that comes in. If your team's not that good, you know, and we can get into some measurables, you know, it's a little bit hard to measure how much you affect positively affect your team. Are you know are are you getting empty buckets or? You know, kind of garbage minutes, that sort of thing. So, I'm not definitely not devaluing his stats because, you know, stats yeah, do speak for themselves. In, to
0: argue with that, I know you're not saying it, but to argue with that, if someone does bring that argument, mm-hmm. you're on a football team, and they know what you're going to do. I mean, it's just like being one great player on a, on a basketball team. True, like a they, one-trick pony. They're, yeah, yeah, they're going to key on you. And the fact is, is... I, Dino Babers from Syracuse, preseason ACC media day, he walks by, Lamar Jackson touches him. He said, well, I'm going to go back to Syracuse tell our players we can do that. The thing is, is every coach that's faced Lamar Jackson since he is blown up last season has tried to stop him and hasn't. Have we played the same schedule we played last year? No, because Florida State's not as good. Uh, but Boston College is improved. Syracuse is improved. Syracuse is the only loss for Clemson. NC State's improved. Uh, Wake is a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that big drop-off and you, you don't play Houston, and then you kind of wonder still kind of what you have with Kentucky because you have three quarters where you're playing really good against Florida, who you don't really know what you have with Florida either. But you have those those quarters like that where – or those, those time periods like that where Kentucky's playing great. So I get the argument of saying, well, that's not how they vote. That's not my argument. My it, it's stat, purely stat-wise off of the individual player. That is my beef. Rushing touchdowns last season at this point nineteen. This season fifteen. Mm-hmm. He has two hundred less rushing yards, but he also has two hundred more passing yards, and his completion percentage right. is a full point better.
1: Pretty much the biggest difference is the loss category. I, it, I exactly. hear you. So
0: that's that's my that's my beef this week. Uh, if you guys have anything that you guys want to come on and talk to me about, if you guys have anything that maybe, hey, you know, take a look at this for your beef, with week. take a look at it, maybe study both sides of this and, and figure out and figure out what you want to do. Shoot me, shoot me a, a message on Facebook, DM me on Twitter, or whatever. Uh, when I when I upload this, I'll have all of my social media and everything like that. And like I said, this is this is purely because I've had so many people tell me to do this, so. Anybody that wants to come on and, and, and debate me about anything, or even just have a conversation like myself and Cooper did today, because we didn't really debate at all today, we just mm-hmm. had good conversation. Yep. Uh, I'm I'm more than happy to do that, and, and that that like I said, that goes for anything. So do me a favor, guys. Share it. Tell your friends about it. Listen to it more more than anything. You know, help me out. Give me different topics that you maybe want to hear me talk about. Anything like that. But. Uh, Cooper, thanks again, man. Uh, Appreciate it. Again, this is this is beefs beef. Like and share. Thanks.